0: I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories and I'll take all the help I can get. Hi everybody! I hope everyone is doing okay in the depths of quarantine. Seattle's been on lockdown for what feels like many moons and although my salon has been closed since the beginning i have been lucky enough to check out for a couple hours a week and work on the podcast and when i see people like my next guest on social media i give them a follow and then i get super attached to their kiddos this stuff is hard that isn't something that's lost on any of us but there are bright spots and i love following those people who can actively find it and share it with others with grace I encourage you to follow her journey on Instagram. Today, she is sharing about her adorable son, Josh. Her amazing little guy has a rare genetic disorder of obesity. I know what it feels like to be out and about in the world with a son like mine and enduring the weird staring from kids and adults. And it's not even close to the stares and whispers that this family has probably gotten. Rising above those emotional jabs is tough. Sometimes, you know, depending on the day, people can be very judgmental and cruel. Rare parents watch their kids struggle so much, and we fear about their futures on a regular basis. We grow a very thick skin, but even we are not fully immune to ignorance and unkindness. (laughs) When people like this family share their story, they're helping to educate us all helping us to have more compassion and understanding. But I'm going to let her tell you the story. Here's the amazing mom of Josh, Molly D'Angelo. Hi, Molly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Effie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know, me too. I've been following you on Instagram for a while now, and I just adore everything about it, so I'm happy to finally meet you.
1: Thank you so much. Oh, it's so sweet.
0: (laughs) Well, Molly, why don't we just get started? Why don't you tell me about your family, your boys? You're surrounded by dudes.
1: I am. I am completely outnumbered. Even our dog (laughs) is a boy. I swore we were going to get a girl came back with a boy dog (laughs) totally outnumbered. So we have three boys and um, we're a blended family. My oldest is almost 16. And he is mine. I had him at a very young age. And then my middle son is uh, my husband's. And we have them full time. And then our youngest is Josh and um, he's ours together. And he has a rare genetic disorder of obesity. How old is Josh? Josh will be five in a few months. So currently he's a little over four and a half.
0: Oh, guy. Okay. Is it a genetic mutation that causes the obesity disorder, or is it something else?
1: It definitely is. So in rare genetic disorders of obesity, there's a lot of unknowns still. Um, there's a lot of research being done on a lot of different syndromes. Currently, we believe that we have found Josh's mutation. However, he is the only one with that specific variant change. So he's basically the first reported case with this variant change, which makes things very complex and difficult, as you know, uh, with getting approval from the insurance company and and getting some services. But it is related to Burdett and Bale syndrome, which is in the rare genetic disorder of obesity family. And there's a few. Prader-Willi syndrome is more common than some of the others. And then Burdett and Bale syndrome, um, POMC is extremely rare. You know, they, they're they all falling under the like one in 50 or, you know, 50, 50 in the whole world kind of caseloads. Uh, very, very rare.
0: Good that there are some other ones that you can maybe get under the umbrella at this point.
1: Well, that's what we're fighting for um, right now. With a clinical diagnosis, if you don't get a straightforward genetic diagnosis, you have to seek a clinical diagnosis, which there's a whole bunch of hoops to jump through to get a clinical diagnosis, and we're not quite there yet, which is not uncommon. Often, what we see, talking to other families, is that it takes years sometimes for all of the symptoms to manifest and show themselves. So... It takes years to get all of those, you know, check marks checked off and, and get that clinical diagnosis.
0: So, Molly, why don't you just take me back to the beginning when your son was born and when you realized something might be a little different?
1: You know, I get asked that a lot and um like, you know, when did we start noticing something? We had some idea when I was pregnant that something may be going on. We just didn't know what. Um, We actually had spina bifida come back as a possibility when we were doing prenatal testing. So that kind of planted the seed for us that something might go on. But my husband and I recognized right away, like right after birth, that Josh was fussy and just needing a little extra care and attention than our other boys did. But it wasn't until about, I don't know, he was six to 10 months old when I got the doctors to kind of recognize our concerns and say yeah that that growth chart is quite different than we're used to seeing and um, start referring us to endocrinology and genetics and all of those specialties
0: so he was gaining weight as an infant rapidly
1: he was i still have google spreadsheets with Every appointment that we had with his weight and his height and what we went in there for and everything. And when you look at the graph now, it started spiking immediately after birth.
0: And it took you sort of banging down your pediatrician's door to listen. Yeah. They weren't concerned about his weight before you?
1: We got a lot of, he's fussy, he has colic, he, you know, which kind of made us feel unheard. And when you're sleep deprived, You know, you don't really want to hear it's all in your head (laughs) kind of a thing. Um, But yeah, it took it took longer than I think it should have to be heard. But at the same time, now that we're this far out in our journey, looking back at it, how are they really supposed to know that we were going to be that one fluke case that they've never seen before and probably will never see again come across their caseload? So I got to give them some grace.
0: Well, that's a lovely level of peace that you've
1: come to. (laughs) (laughs) It's taken some work.
0: I think it's minimized a little bit. You know, we, uh, we as parents do bring these very real concerns, especially you having children beforehand and kind of knowing the ropes a little bit. I would like parents to be heard a little more in appointments like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. And that's what we're working towards, I think, with um, with telling our story and kind of going public in a way and in a very small sense. Right. You know, we're only sharing on social media at this point and we want to keep it that way. But there's so many families that have connected with me through Instagram, especially since that's a public setting and said, hey, you know, my child is 10 years old and looks spitting image of Josh. These are some of their symptoms, and this is what we've gone through. I was speaking to one gal recently, and the geneticist only tested for two specific genes, and I said, well, there's a whole panel of 50-plus genes out there that can be tested as well as full exome sequencing and, and all kinds of things. So it's really, you know, trying to get that word out there. It's so uncommon that people don't even know what to ask for. And we're, we're looking at the doctors to know, but at the same time, the doctors don't. They, if they have not seen a case like this, they just don't know. Right. I'm
0: hoping and I think it is becoming more commonplace to just auto order that whole exome sequencing test rather than waste any time doing gene specific testing. That doesn't seem super useful to me. I'm surprised that that's still happening in cases like this.
1: I've heard the statistics that full exome sequencing only, is it one-third of patients get a response from uh, full exome sequencing. So the gene that uh, we found a variant in actually happened with those um, specific panels. The full exome sequencing didn't even pick up that gene, which is one of the reasons why the geneticists on the case are saying, well you know, we need to dive into this a little bit more and give it a couple of years until there's a little bit more research and a little bit more data that we can use to support our research.
0: Yeah, it's it's complex. You're right. There's a lot. There's a lot surrounding it.
1: And if there are variants that they haven't seen before, they're not recorded really in the database system is my understanding, but I may have that incorrect.
0: <sighs> Who knows? It's all a mishmash of info a lot of the time. My husband and I were actually sitting down and talking about me talking to you today, and we were so aware of the fact that you have to deal with so much more when you take your family outside than we do or some other families do. So how do you combat like human stupidity and just general unkindness with looks or comments geared towards you as a parent and towards your son?
1: It took some time and it took a lot of grace as well. I recall one, one time going to the grocery store with, with Josh and we don't do that too much more now just because it, it's so hard to get him physically into the grocery store and then me pick up groceries with a wheelchair and everything in tow. But at, at the time he was in a, a stroller, a medical grade stroller. And I remember an older man approaching me And he was a nice man, and and I don't feel like his intentions were harmful, um, but he used the R word to describe um, Josh and relate him with, uh, I don't know, a cousin's nephew or, you know, whoever in his family tree. And I just, I think I had to just take a deep breath and say, you know, this is a person that may be from a different generation or a different background than I have. And in all honesty, until I had Josh, I don't believe I ever used that word, but did I know as much as I do now, I I didn't. So I just took a deep breath and I said, you know, we don't use that term anymore. You know, here are some other terms that we use, has autism or, you know, other phrases that he could use. And, and I just explained about Josh and I explained that actually Josh is, is very smart and he knows his ABCs and his one, two, threes, even though he maybe can't communicate it as well as some other children do. He has just as much knowledge, if not more than we're giving him credit for inside. So I just try to use it as, as an educating moment. And then on the flip side of that, we went to the doctor today. Josh is pretty sick. Um, So we went to the doctor today, and as we were checking out, there was three lovely little girls checking out right after us and they just wanted to embrace him. They just wanted to hug him and they said hi and (laughs) one was showing him her dolly and it was just so sweet. And I had to say, well, you know, he he may have a cold. You might not want to hug him, (laughs) but we're so grateful that you want to be his friend and thank you so much. So you just, I don't know. I mean, I think you have to take it with grace and and just um, take one moment at a time, you know, and try to educate as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, that's the epitome of grace, Molly. Good job, especially in such, a, such an emotional situation. It could be pretty easy to maybe fall apart in that moment, maybe even ignore him. And yeah, high five to you. That's really impressive. And also... Watching the circle connect, right, where these girls at the doctor's appointment have parents at home who are teaching them about saying hi and acceptance and, you know, difference is cool. I love that.
1: Exactly. Things are changing. Things are moving. And although we can't educate every single person that we come in contact with maybe that man that i took the time to talk to did learn something but there's certainly days where i'm like i don't have time for this right now i just need to get moving i just need to go home <laughs> totally
0: josh also has a diagnosis of autism correct
1: he does yes
0: yeah okay and he's in he's in aba therapy right now and did he just start developmental preschool as well
1: we started early intervention through our local school system. When he was about 12 months old, we had our first evaluation done. He was diagnosed officially at 18 months, which is like the earliest marker that you can get diagnosed. And, you know, I love that you have said so many times is that you really kind of pushed for things because you knew that getting a diagnosis wasn't necessarily a label, but it was getting services and it's moving forward and it's being proactive. Totally. And that's exactly the perspective that I took on it. So the earliest we could get a diagnosis meant the earlier we could get intervention. And statistics show that the earlier you get that intervention, the more helpful it is, term for your child. So we went to early intervention with our local school district and we stayed there for a little while and we did physical therapy through our local children's hospital, our state local hospital, I should say. And then we ended up at a private center, which is where we are now. So they do the ABA OtPT and speech all in one location nice, and he goes five days a week. He only does three hours a day right now. Eventually that will increase, and eventually I'm planning on homeschooling. whoa, um, and that, that that's our plan moving forward Dang, girl. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> on one hand, I'm, I'm anxious about it. Um, but on the other hand, it brings me so much joy when I sit down and work with him and do things and see it click. I just know that that's a tool that I'm, I must have been given at some point, you know, that this is what I was supposed to be doing.
0: Good. When you know, you know. <laughs> so how will he have interaction with other kids if he's homeschooled most of the time? How will you incorporate that into his life?
1: Like I said, he loves people, he loves making friends, so we definitely don't want to exclude him or isolate him. He will attend the private center um, for as long as possible and they're incredible okay, they're building he'll still go to that and he will there. as long as possible um as long as we get funding and and are able to swing that then we we will do that they have a whole wing that they're building is all about like life skills so anything yes. from dressing to going to the store and paying a cashier or going to the bank and doing those life skills so that's excellent for him they also have group therapy there and then um I have been blessed with getting on social media. One of the greatest things about that has been connecting with other moms. So we really have formed an excellent group of people that are just so supportive of us and our journey, but also connecting with moms and their kids, and they just get it. Yeah, when you kind of have that little community,
0: no matter how small it is, any bit of understanding and acceptance into your unique lifestyle is just all the relief that you need. I mean, your shoulders physically relax,
1: right? Yeah, totally. We um we weren't on social media for the first, like, year and a half of his life. It was a very isolating, very lonely period of our lives. And struggling with getting um, the doctors to hear what we were saying made things that much harder. But social media changed all of that for me. It just really lifted me up. I'm now connected with not just local moms, but Moms all over the world that have kids that have similar syndromes or symptoms um, that Josh does. One in particular lives in Florida and her son is one of 50 that have ever been diagnosed with this disorder. And she was and is one of my lifelines. It's things that people don't think about when you look at our child and you say, okay, he's bigger than typical. Okay. Well, What people don't see is, what do you do for a car seat? What do you do for a high chair? Shoes were really hard (laughs) to shop for shoes. And it seems like such a simplistic thing. But being able to call on somebody else and say, what did you do when you were in our shoes, been a game changer. Mm, It makes me tear up, Molly. I totally hear you. We were blessed to meet her um, last year. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is something that
0: is a little bit of a disconnect and which is why I think it's so important that we talk about our lives with the people that aren't in the day to day is, yeah, these are huge obstacles. They might seem small. They might seem, you know, they're things people take for granted quite frankly. And these are things that we have to like, dig and dig and spend money on and try over and over to try to make it work for our families. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, find other people who are making it work. It can really... The save load. you
1: time and money and <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just make it easier huh <laughs> yeah definitely uh, yeah well I
0: really want to talk about his hair because he has some of the best hair in the business <laughs> I mean is that something
1: that goes along with all
0: these kids too or did you and your husband give that to him
1: isn't that incredible that is daddy's <sighs> hair that it is, is gorgeous all the way his daddy's hair yeah <laughs> oh, I love it. He's so cute. He is just precious. And um, he is a joy. He's so he's so funny. Yeah. And he has a lot of hair. It's everywhere. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: and you can just see how sparkly he is in all of his photos. I love the one where he's kind of turned backwards and he's wearing a superhero cape. Oh,
1: yes. Walking with daddy walking <laughs> with his uh, his sidekick. Oh, well, He's
0: so cute so t- what are his favorite things at home like what does make him laugh
1: oh my gosh everything <laughs> he he is so happy and we you know we didn't know if he was going to be happy he was so fussy for so long but now he's just he's always happy unless he's feeling sick or tired or something is wrong he is always always a joy even when those days when you're so tired and you're like I just can't do it buddy just let mama drink her coffee he won't take it he'll just make you laugh and make you (laughs) smile and um yeah he loves bubbles and watching his dog run around and his brothers and yeah he's just he's a joy
0: he sounds a lot like ford And I think all of us can really say that about our kids, right? They just find the wonder in it all, I feel like, a lot better than most.
1: Well, I think, you know, your attitude has a lot to do with that, too. I mean, you're such a positive energy. So they're going to, you know, feed on that. They do.
0: They feed on you for sure. What's his relationship like with his brothers? How have you noticed maybe you know, characteristics in their personalities shift after having a little brother like Josh.
1: His brothers are incredible. It's um we really worried about them and how this all was gonna affect them. I think last year especially we saw a big shift in coming together as a family and really supporting each other and taking care of each other. Um, before that they kind of like stayed out of brother's way you know if brother was having a bad day or he was having a hard time you know they would just kind of give him his face and they would play with him as much as they could but they now just want to be around him as much as possible and josh looks up to them you know they're big brothers so they're super cool in his eyes and (laughs) you know my oldest i kind of see a transition in him kind of wanting to help and help like caregive in a way but in a in a small way but in a way try to help as much as possible and our middle son is the same way he's just super loving and and supportive um, and i hear so many stories of these siblings becoming caregivers in in some sense some kind of care, job or career in their futures. and I just really believe that we were all blessed with Josh's presence in our lives for a reason. Amen. And those boys, as much as they might miss out on going to the beach or or things that other people do take for granted, they're not really missing out. They've been giving a whole new experience that is going to shape them into the men that they're meant to become one day.
0: I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think that's for everyone in the family, right? Like even beyond the immediate siblings and mom and dad. Totally. I've seen it time and time again. It's really a beautiful thing to watch. And yeah, just coming back down and really consciously embracing what's in your life and what choices do you want to make with it? Yes. So you said that it was within the last year that you really came together as a family. What do you think changed for the boys or for your family to make that sort of feel a little more of a unit than it did before?
1: And not to say that we weren't together before, but spending a week in Disney in a, you know, two, not even a two bedroom, a one and a half bedroom uh, family suite for seven days together really forces you to come together. I I was really (laughs) worried about it. Like, how are we all going to handle being in that small of a space (laughs) for that long? But it just clicked. We just all jived and we just, yeah, it was, I think it was a turning point. We really had a bonding experience. I love that. You all knew like all the jobs that had to be done to get it all going. Yeah. And we said going in too, like we weren't going in with any expectations. We weren't going in with, we have to do all of these things while we're there. It was like, we're going to go and whatever we can do, we can do. And whatever we don't do, that's fine. And if somebody gets hungry, grumpy, or tired or overwhelmed, all you have to say is say the word and we'll turn around and we'll go back to the hotel. So, it allowed us to really put all of those perspectives that we're talking about, right? About taking uh, life one, one day at a time, one step at a time. And it, it just puts everything in a perspective, I think. Yes. And giving
0: everyone the space to make the scenario change, right? Not just centered around Josh, but yes. everyone else that's in the family. Yeah.
1: Yes. That we all mattered and what we wanted to do all mattered. Yeah. I know you said Disneyland, but have you heard about Morgan's
0: Wonderland? Because that might be where you have to go next.
1: Well, I heard this podcast yeah. a couple <laughs> days ago. Funny. And it sounds amazing. Right?
0: <laughs> like, we need to have some sort of, like, social media, like, meetup there with our kids.
1: Yes. I mean, there's waterproof wheelchairs. That is so cool. That just sounds amazing.
0: <sighs> I know. I can't wait to go there.
1: But I love that that
0: happened for your family. And I just think that's really special how everyone just kind of rallied, but felt like they had the space given to each one of them. Right. And I think that's what helps you kind of move past something.
1: Yeah. I think kids all have to, and, and adults too. I mean, we all have to be empowered um, to f- like feel like we have choices, you know, and, and have a voice. Um, That's being heard. So,
0: what kind of advocate do you think that this has made you?
1: I've never sought out becoming an advocate. (laughs) Um, It just kind of happened, which means that it's my purpose, right? It must be some type of calling that I'm meant to do. But um, I'm a parent advocate um, for Joshua and um, have just fallen into a position of being a voice for these rare genetic disorders of obesity. Um, and spreading the word on a positive format. So we are very careful about where we share our story. We're very vigilant and, and cautious about protecting everyone's privacy and, you know, my older boys um, protecting, you know, their privacy. But putting our story in a positive way um, and educating people that, that this is a thing that not all people, with, um, obesity, just eat all day and sit around. It's, it's actually a thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's actually a thing. And even if they do chill out and mind your own business
1: and be kind. Yes. Be kind to everyone. Cause you don't, you don't know, you don't know what their story is or, or what's going on. So.
0: And I think things like becoming a parent to a kid, like Josh just presents this whole new world of, uh, opening your mind, right. To that, to that idea of never questioning why someone is the way they are or why they're doing what they're doing but to just know that that's who they are you know we never know what's going on in someone's life and to always just assume they're doing the best that they can right
1: yes absolutely absolutely and that comes from my father i mean i i think we were just raised that way to treat all people equally yeah Yeah, we we all as a society need to go back to those Mr. Rogers fundamentals, right? Yes. Of being a kind person, just being a good person, a kind person, treating each other with respect and kindness and, and being a good neighbor. I mean, we're all just people.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing how energizing it is and how much easier it is physically and mentally to go out into the world and treat people that way versus looking down on something, gossiping about something, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't make you feel good. Right, right. Well, I'll be happier in a world that is kind for sure. I don't know why it's so hard to achieve, but um, (laughs) nobody's getting anything out of being grumpy and angry all the time. No. So Molly, what do you want people to do
0: or say When they meet your son and maybe they don't know what to do or they're uncomfortable, what would you say to people out in the world who come across someone like Josh?
1: Yeah, so we get a lot of that, right? I mean, uh, whenever we're out, um, there's always somebody that doesn't know how to react or respond, and I think a lot of people were taught early on, um, don't look at people that look different, but we're, we're as a collective whole in the special needs community, I think coming together and starting to say... What we would like to see everyone do is treat everyone the same way that you want to be treated. And that sounds simple, but, and it is just looking at somebody and saying, hi, how are you today? And if you have questions, you know, for the most part, once you say, hey, how are you? You could feel if the parent is in a spot of wanting to chit chat or that's enough. That's as far as that conversation needs to go. But I think a lot of us are very open and will say you know, hide back and smile and, and be receptive to questions. If you have questions, feel free to ask them. You're not going to offend us. We're used to it, I think, by now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, it's really important to break these systems, right, that have been passed down through generations of keep your mouth shut, don't ask questions, don't look, they don't, you know, just it's, it's time. It's time, and I think you're right. We're all we're all kind of banging down the door and trying to let everyone know that we are in the conversation and we have to be included.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, you've you've touched on this topic before as well as um, you know, it's a minority people with you know special needs or or those ty- any type of title on them. It is considered a minority group and it's time for inclusion for all people. It doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, or what their learning skills are. It's time to accept people for people.
0: Totally. So how can others show Josh and your family love and support? Like, what's a good way for others to help your family?
1: The best way to to support us is to give us kind word on, you know, social media and, and help spread the love message that we're all trying to get across. Share those uh, memes, the nice ones out there that say, say hello, don't stare, say hello. Um, and just educate those around you and yourself about a multitude of different disorders. And I have several things on Instagram as well as Facebook that are shareable coming from a couple different websites that are putting together a lot of learning material on these topics lots of graphics and images that really sum up pretty technical theories and and concepts in a very simplistic way so those are great to share um, and educate
0: do you want to name a couple of those so i can make sure that they're in the show notes sure
1: lead for rare obesity and that's on facebook they have a lot of shareable information and then love what matters is a great Mm, that's a good one yeah i mean just for love in general right and all those concepts that we're talking about yeah, and on, and
0: you'll be included on here. I'll tag you so people can follow your journey on Instagram because you should. It's, it's so amazing. Thank you. Well, Molly, is there anything else that you want to share with me or with any of our listeners?
1: Uh, no. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) You're so welcome. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time out, especially when Josh was sick today. I'm all about helping anyone spread some awareness, and I really appreciate it. So thank you.
1: I'm so grateful for you. Thank you.
0: You're so welcome. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people, and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick me up, Ford's got you. <laughs>
1: I don't know.